At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. What's up? Welcome in. No Matt Humans. He is on. I was going to say holiday, but uh, that is, I don't want to say that. That's a, that's a bad joke because he actually left to go see the Holiday Bowl, which is not going to be played today. So, uh, Matt Humans, if you're watching, I was watching when I wasn't here, so you would assume that he's going to watch as well. You have my condolences. But we have a lot to get to today. Uh, there's a lot of breaking news. Do want to set the table, though, of course, because we have two guests today, very smart people. Tom Byrne, sports handicapper, host, Mad Dog Sirius XM. He's going to be with us as we discuss the NBA slate today and some big picture stuff. And then data scientist, betting analyst over at Pro Football Focus, Ben Brown, is going to join us 30 minutes from now. And there's a lot to get to in the National Football League, which is where we begin. So, wow, this has been quite the morning here. We start with the Indianapolis Colts, which is the focus of the story today. As Carson Wentz goes on the COVID list, looked like he was going to miss this contest with the Las Vegas Raiders, a massive one for Indianapolis because a win here this weekend would have given them a playoff seed, would have clinched it up for them. The market reacts the way it should. This number gets as low as Indianapolis minus one and a half at a couple of spots. I made the joke uh, on Twitter, you know, for Carson Wentz, for somebody who sucks so bad, he actually means a lot to the point spread, but his backup Sam Ellinger, and we can kind of understand that. Then, shortly after Carson Wentz news comes down and the Colts go down to one-and-a-half-point favor, we get this report from Adam Schefter of ESPN. The NFL and NFLPA are getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from ten days for all players, including those who are unvaccinated. The agreement could be done today per sources. So what does this mean? Well, it means that if these new guidelines are adopted, that Carson Wentz could play on Sunday for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, it's a really tight line. By my math, I'm not great, but I can count to five. He would, it would have to be perfect from here on out, right? The fifth day would be Sunday for Carson Wentz. So doors open for him to play as opposed to Sam Ellinger, a quarterback. And thus, we have seen the market react Yet again, which is pretty interesting here. So a number, Indianapolis reached as low as, again, minus one and a half at a couple of shops. We are now sitting in some spots back up to six in favor, six and a half in favor of the Indianapolis Colts. That would be both here at South Point and at Circa on the screen right now with a total of 44 and a half. And uh, I think we now have an idea of where this number would get to by the time we reach Sunday if Carson Wentz cannot play. Again, as the Colts got to as low as one and a half, if it is indeed going to be Sam Ellinger who's going to be starting a quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. And who knows? Maybe they pull a shot in Peyton and give Phillip Rivers a call. Tell him, hey, man, you know, we need you this weekend. Screw the football team you're coaching. Uh, what was it, the, uh, the MJ meme? You know, F them kids. Let's go play some National Football League football and get us a win and get us into the postseason. But regardless, 
it, this is a messy situation. But I do think, so there's a couple of things, again, that I want to stress here. Carson Wentz could play on Sunday. It's not official. We don't know what's going to happen, but he still could play on Sunday. But the other thing is, this opens the door, right, for a lot of these COVID absences that we see now. You know, these 10-day absences, all the unvaccinated or not, now this changes everything. If you get positive COVID tests at the beginning of the week, it changes everything when you get to playoff games as well. Don't need to be as volatile, right, when it comes to the market and whatnot. And guys who get on the list early in the week could be available still that same week to play. So it means quite a bit, not only just for this single game in which we have an impact absence, uh, but in the big picture, it means a lot for the National Football League. So, again, to clarify one more time, to go back to that report from Adam Schefter, because uh, there's a lot of jargon, but NFL and NFLPA close to adopting new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all players could be done today. No news or no indication as to what it means if, let's say, they don't agree today and agree tomorrow, right? Uh, I would assume that because it's five days, science, uh, it would still be that Carson Wentz is still going to be available potentially. For Sunday, so that's why you've seen the volatility in the market. If you got in early on that seven, you know seven and a half, eight and a half, you got a good number on Indianapolis. If you got in after the news on the Colts minus one and a half, which seemed like quite the overreaction uh, because Carson Wentz is not terrible, uh, but he's also I don't think worth six points to a point spread for a team that runs the ball as effectively as the Indianapolis Colts do. We did watch Sam Ellinger play football in the preseason, so I understand a reaction like that. But, again, you're kind of getting in that territory. We're talking about buying on bad news, right, a topic that we, uh, we touched on uh, during the week. Actually, during the week. It was yesterday. Yesterday was Monday, as we touched on yesterday uh, here on The Edge. So with that, we move on again. We'll keep an eye on this. And, and if the news comes down that the NFL has indeed uh, agreed to adopt the new CDC guidelines with the NFLPA, it would be a very big deal, and we can see if that is indeed uh, going to change things around. And as I'm talking to Bucks coach Bruce Arians just tested positive for COVID-19. So, man, like this is, it is crazy. Everything's moving like that. And the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, have their own issues when it comes to Mike Evans' COVID-19 protocol. But again, new guidelines could change that. So with that, I wanted to go back. There's a couple of things I wanted to touch on here. Uh, and there's a lot to get to football-wise in this show. Uh, but wanted to go back to last night really quickly and kind of touch on some big picture stuff before we move on uh, to some of the stuff for next week. As uh, the Minnesota, actually Minnesota, uh, the Miami Dolphins have gotten their win last night, Monday Night Football, against the New Orleans Saints. So now we're talking about a, a Dolphins team that have won seven consecutive games. They have covered six of those contests. But, you know, you watch them last night, and I got to tell you again, like what we talked about comes to fruition yesterday for the Miami Dolphins. They only score 13 points on offense, right? One touchdown courtesy of Ian Book's first pass. By the way, you, you, you ever start a new job? Like, what's the worst first day you've ever had at the office? Like, Ian Book's first pass going for a pick six? Like, that's got to be one of the worst starts to a job ever. But regardless, 20-3 to three to final score. Dolphins, though, as we're talking about, right? Just three points in the first half, 13 offensive points overall, and on the game. 4.4 yards per play, 23 and a half yards per drive. They were 5 of 15 on third down. So it's great that Miami continues to win games, but, you know, you're starting to see this like, hey, man, the Dolphins are for real. Watch out for Miami. And I, I would very much push against that when you watch the way that this, play, this team plays offense. Tua Tungabailoa had a great throw down the right sideline late in the game that also came after an abhorrent interception that he threw over the middle in which he completely overthrew, overthrew one of his receivers and yesterday committing three turnover-worthy plays by PFF's grading metrics. Like, again, Dolphins are solid. And we're going to talk to Ben Brown about them defensively because that's one of the things that I think uh, that I lose sight of, right? We focus so much on offense. The Dolphins lead the league right now in sacks. They are a great team in terms of quarterback pressures. They have done tremendous over the last two seasons at forcing turnovers, right? Timely turnovers at that. 
But at the end of the day, you have to be able to, I think, in this league, generate offense at a relatively efficient level. And that is not Tua Tagovailoa, and that is not the Miami Dolphins. So the results are there. But I think, you know, if we're talking about this team being a seventh seed and taking on whoever the two seed's going to be in the AFC, right, depending on who it is, like this is going to be, uh, I think, a team to play against in those high-leverage situations. And, in fact, maybe this week against the Tennessee Titans, again, who could get some of those absences back from COVID if these new protocols uh, are taken over here. And, by the way, so I talk about this big picture-wise. This is for Ben Fox, uh, our colleague here at VSIN, uh, who – Kind of gets after me to write a lot of stuff, and I always turn things in late because I'm sorry, Ben. It's just the way it happens sometimes. Uh, but tweeted this out yesterday. Vegas better at Caesar Sports puts $5,000 on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl 200 to 1 odds. You could have donated that one. I, I just, I, I, I really, and I am willing to be wrong, and I'm willing to play this clip back when the Dolphins rip off, you know, three consecutive wins and they get to the AFC Championship game and, you know, Super Bowl, whatever, but... I just think when you look at them statistically and when you watch them with your eyes in terms of what this offense has done, they are hit and miss offensively. They are sporadic. There is no flow to that offense in any way whatsoever. And when you're averaging less than five yards per play consistently on a day-to-day basis in the NFL, it's just not a way that you win games in the National Football League in high-leverage situations because clearly it's enough to win seven consecutive games. Uh, And we can talk about the schedule and who they've beaten. The Jets twice. The Texans are in there. The Ravens. Yes, the Ravens count as a not great team considering they're one game above 500. And the way that Lamar Jackson has played this year, it's actually been a really subpar season. But regardless, Miami Dolphins get the win. They get the cover. Uh, The bad news, if you bought on it yesterday, ultimately didn't get there for betters. And Ian Book, 12 of 20, 135 yards, two interceptions. They were 0 for 12 on third down yesterday. Not a good look for the New Orleans Saints. Desperately needed. Desperately needed. Some really good quarterback play. So we, we talked about some of the breaking news today in the NFL when it came to COVID, when it came to Carson Wentz and Indianapolis Colts. Uh, wanted to kind of expand on a topic that we hit on really quickly yesterday and put some substance behind uh, some of the accusations I was making about Davis Mills and his improvement as a quarterback in, in this spot here for San Francisco because there is some big news around a game like this, right? And that, of course, would be that Jimmy Garoppolo suffered an injury to his right thumb in the loss to Tennessee. He's now in doubt for this game in Houston. And you've seen this number adjust a little bit. We got to as low as 12 and a half in some spots, 12. And I brought up Davis Mills' improvement. And this is going to be a topic we bring up uh, with Ben Brown, who's going to join us in about uh, 20 minutes from now, is is the improvement legitimate from what we've seen from Davis Mills? So you see some of these numbers, right? The first times we saw Davis Mills, weeks three through eight, as opposed to weeks 13 to 16, what we're seeing recently. Completion percentage has actually dropped 69.1% when he was first out there to 65.8%. But you can see across the board, improvement pretty much everywhere. Yards per pass, up to six, excuse me, up to seven, essentially, after averaging just 6.57 yards per attempt through the air. Six touchdowns to seven interceptions, week through, uh, weeks three through eight. But weeks 13 to 16, we're talking about five touchdowns to one interception. Now, the thing that bothers me, about this so-called improvement, as I have dubbed it. And from a numerical standpoint, it is true. But that last little column right there, or I guess it's a, is that a row or a column? I don't know what the sideways thing is. I'm half asleep at this point right now. Uh, 3.9% turnover-worthy play rate weeks 3 through 8. 4% weeks 13 to 16. So it's kind of like a Mahomes-esque situation where, if you remember on the edge here, humans and I talked about this, where Patrick Mahomes from a turnover-worthy play rate the first few weeks of the season where they were turning it over like crazy, he actually wasn't much different from the Patrick Mahomes of the first three years of his career, right? It was just that the turnover-worthy plays were turning into turnovers. Well, for Davis Mills, the opposite is happening over the last few weeks. He's committing turnover-worthy plays at the exact same rate that he was early part of the year. It's just those are not turning 
into turnovers at this point right now. So you wonder how legitimate that improvement is. But I got to tell you, man, if it's not Jimmy Garoppolo starting a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, even with that little uh, blip, I guess you can call it, in terms of his statistics, that little aberration, still think that the Houston Texans would be worth looking at against a, maybe a, a, a backup-led San Francisco 49ers. Hey, sign up for a play card, debit card, MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation, 90 verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank and a member FDIC. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we have plenty left to get to. Tom Burns going to join us on the other side. Uh, we have a lot to get to in the association. Solid card tonight, although we got a lot of backup guys. Let's see how Tom Burns been handling everything when we come back here on the edge. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed out on any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out free sports betting podcasts that are available from VSIN. Catch replays of all of our shows or download, listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Get any one of your favorite programs. They're all free and available now at vsin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We move on from the National Football League. We never get done with the National Football League. Ben Brown's going to be with us, PFF, uh, in 15 minutes as we discuss everything going down in the NFL, from COVID absences to what Carson Wentz is worth now, to that defense for the Miami Dolphins. A lot of topics to get to in so little time. Uh, let's welcome in Tom Byrne, host Series XM, Mad Dog Radio, sports handicapper as well, one Tom Byrne up on Twitter. All right, Tom, so I talked to uh, Aaron Renning yesterday, professional handicapper on the show. And got his thoughts on this, so I'll just ask you, too. Uh, how have you changed as a handicapper when, on a moment's notice, all of a sudden the best player on a team that you're betting on two hours from tip-off could uh, be popping hot and not playing for you? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we could talk about this for an hour. Um, <laughs> listen, I think it provides an opportunity at times. If you have the alert set up to your phone and you can get onto your app quick enough, you have to be a mobile better, obviously. You can take advantage many times over. But at the same time, it's very frustrating, right? I mean, not to get too nuanced, but the bottom line is if you go by a player-based model, you're obviously at an advantage. But even still, you'll spend all day, JVT, plugging in the players, plugging in at, in and out, right, based on who's in, who's out. It's crazy. It's tough to keep up with. You're trying to predict which way the market's going to go. Nobody truly knows who's going to get the positive and who's going to get the negative test. It's been very tricky. And the one thing that I think is most fascinating if you're going by a player-based uh, model and you're looking at some of the more respected metrics, and I use basically all of them, 
One thing that I've noticed throughout this process is teams have had to go deeper into their bench, obviously, than ever. And so when you're plugging in these lineups, one thing models can't account for, JVT, is how guys are going to handle new roles, mm-hmm. new responsibilities. Yeah, they might be a decent player per one of the possessions, but their spread value is going to be a little different when they're asked to lock three times as many minutes, and they're going to be much, much more into that offensive scheme than they typically would be. Models have a hard time accounting for that. And so, therefore, I've been having an interesting inner dialogue with myself, basically, each and every day, trying to figure out how much I'm going to penalize Team A for missing, you know, four of the top six of the rotation. And then I go to Team B while they're missing their two best players while they have everybody else healthy. How much penalty do I assess them, even though it's only two players, everybody's got a different role. So I think that's what's fascinating about the conversation. I'll be completely honest, after flying in the first few weeks of the season, doing really well, I slowed down considerably because of all the COVID. And I've just recently kind of righted the ship a little bit, changing my philosophies just a little bit. I think it's, you know, one of these seasons where we all got to tweak a little bit. Yeah, I've definitely, in terms of like volume, things like that, I've slowed down myself just because uh, I've gotten burned a couple of times on a couple of these guys not playing. And actually hasn't been the, the worst results in a few of the times I've gotten lucky, still staying with some of the numbers or whatever yeah. it is, but uh, still makes you a little gun shy, especially when you're looking at a game and all of a sudden Tremont Waters is playing 35 minutes for you and you're the Toronto Raptors taking on Cleveland right. and you get blasted <laughs> by 45 points. Tom Byrne with uh, Sirius XM, uh, Mad Dog Sports Radio. All right, so let's, uh, let's roll through the card here. We got a a lot of games I'll let you take it where you want uh, whether it's a play Tom or whether it's a game that is stuck out to you on this card that we have tonight uh, what is at the top of your list if anything one more thing getting back to that prior mm-hmm. conversation which I think is important to know too JVT and there are only certain books that allow this more so I've noticed recently I mean even some combi books but not all of them and combi's ridiculous don't limit you all the time I'm always having to get approval for wagers they drive you crazy so I don't know why I use them as an example, but you could find other books or even a couple of them that will allow for you to put in your wager. And as long as the market doesn't move against you, you can get out of that. Yeah. And some books do it differently than others. Some might even charge you, even if you're on the right side of the number, you look to avoid them. Just being able to find those books is advantageous because then you can get, say it's five and a half. Like I'll give you a perfect example. And this leads into your question right now. I And look, Cleveland's been great. I hate fading them, but I took the five and a half. If I find out that Evan Mobley is indeed going to play, now I have to make a decision in that moment. And be frank, I still haven't made my final decision yet. But I can get out of that and maybe even get paid a couple bucks. But you get the point. I can get out of that without penalties. Or I can keep it and assume that I'm still going to be getting a good number. So I think that's also an important note as far as knowing which mobile books allow what. But anyway... As far as tonight is concerned, again, it's not an easy, I don't think, card to handicap because of everything we already discussed. So many guys missing. But right now, I am on the five and a half. Cleveland's been great this year, but you know, now no Darius Garland. Don't know about Mobley yet. He'll get a little look before the game. We'll see if he ends up going. So I did play Minnesota there. Not that I'm in love with that particular play. You know, I, I could make an argument for Orlando. I don't think I got the guts to take them. As Milwaukee's now getting healthy, I'll probably stay away from that. I am on New Orleans. You know, I think, you know, getting the um, – and by the way, I meant New Orleans against the Cavs. I kept saying Minnesota. Yeah. I knew that didn't sound right. Five and a half with New Orleans. One game, geez, so one game and one night runs to the next right now. It's pretty crazy. But So I'm on them, and, my God, I can't even remember my second play. My second – well, let's see. Who is it? I don't even know if I have a second play. And that's where I am, JVT, right now. Like, your head is spinning. I'm over here trying to keep an eye on the NBA, doing a little NFL. 
I know I have a little something in a certain book on another game, and I'm waiting for a move to make. I'll find that for you in a moment. <laughs> uh, well, I would agree with that because uh, I'm looking at this card too, and I, I found nothing in terms of what I would feel comfortable with playing uh, this early out. So let's go. Let's zoom out here a little bit. And let's oh, you go. know who it is? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just found it. I opened the book. This is when you know you're playing a lot of games every day, right? You can't even remember what you're on. It's the Raptors, six and a half. Yeah. I'm on the six and a half number. That number's gone. Uh, but a lot of that depends on the news that I get. You know, Siakam looks like he's going to play. I'll probably end up keeping that on as long as Toronto – it looks like they're going to get some of these guys back. And as long as that's the case, once that's confirmed, I'll keep that on. If you find out, hey, conditioning's not there yet, they can't play, I'll take it off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. A couple of sixes still out there, too, uh, for Toronto, who are taking on the Philadelphia 76ers today. Uh, no, I was just going to go big picture stuff because you mentioned one of the biggest stories of the season, and this is one I want to get your thoughts on. So Cleveland right now with 20 wins, and it's pretty fascinating, just nine wins away from surpassing their win total for the season, depending on where you shop for win totals. Uh, best, best story by far. And Evan Mobley is at the center of this thing at this point right now. The favorite to win Rookie of the Year, Darius Garland, of course, they, I think, contend for most improved yep. player of the year now, uh, the way that he has been playing. The, the legitimacy of the Cavaliers in your mind, Tom, in terms of being a top six seed, you won't, we won't talk about finals and things like that, but in terms of avoiding a play and in legitimately staying where they're at right now, I think when you play a brand of defense and when you have the size that they do, uh, that is something that is legitimate and looking at them as a playoff team that's going to avoid the play and I think is something that is definitely in the cards. Yeah, I agree because they defend. and They are a tremendous defensive team. I like their big physical front line when they're healthy. I've long thought that Jared Allen was a little underrated. I always thought he was a better player than maybe the Nets organization knew they had, quite frankly. So I'm with you. I love the defense. Over the last two weeks, looking at the Cleveland the Glass numbers, which I'm sure you have in front of you, they're number one, 97.7. Let me think about that number. I know they're allowed a little bit more physicality this year than in years past, but 97.7 for one of the possessions is pretty crazy good. The number three throughout the entirety, uh, or I think they're around that. They might even be number two now if memory serves. Because I think Phoenix is three. I think they might be number two now And if you look at the entirety of the season defensively. So that's why they're not going to go away. Look, offensively, they could have some lousy trips down the floor, no question about it. They're middle of the pack. I like what you said about Darius Garland, because I think you and I had a discussion about him prior to the year, and I wasn't all that high on Garland or Sexton, and you were. You know, who knows about Sexton? That's a tough break for the kid. But Garland has really played well. It's unfortunate he's going to miss some time here in the health protocols. That's one of the reasons I faded him tonight. But the bottom line is he has been brilliant for the most part this year. I don't put them in quite the same space as Chicago, another team that has thoroughly exceeded expectations. I think Chicago might be able to contend in the East. I don't think they'll win the East, but I think they can contend. Cleveland's not there yet, but, man, they are clearly trending in the right direction. It might be there next season. Yep, and the uh, the Ben Simmons rumors that they continue to float out there. Cleveland, one of the teams uh, at the top, and if you had Ben Simmons in that mix, I don't know how good their offense would be, but uh, that defensive team would be uh, quite the pain in the ass to deal with. Tom Byrne with us, SiriusXM. Uh, all right, Tom, so as we kind of go with this big-picture view of the NBA, because that's all you could really feel comfortable with at this point, you know, assuming that these guys are all going to be healthy and the things will play out to a certain extent by the time you reach the end, you know, as you look at the Western Conference as a whole, I'll throw the top three at you, Phoenix, Golden State, and Utah. I, I've come around a little bit more on Utah on perusing some of these future boards and looking at just their statistical profile and realizing that they're still, you know, pretty solidly behind some of these contenders in terms of the odds, 11 to one at some spots, comparison with 245 and 550 with Brooklyn and Golden State comparatively. Like, uh, what's not to like about Utah at this point right now? Because they continue to check the boxes both offensively and defensively. Oh, 100% agree. But then I was high on Utah last year, if you remember. I came on this channel quite a few times telling everybody how great Utah was, and I looked like a fool in that second round. 
But they have been great again. I'm a little surprised to see reports surfacing that they're thinking about shopping Joe Ingles. I'm not sure yeah. I would do that. Uh, Joe Ingles has played very well. He can space the floor. He fits what they're trying to do there very well under Quinn Snyder. I, I don't know why you'd look to do that myself, but they got a lot of quality players. And make no mistake, one of the more underrated players in the league is Rudy Gobert, especially the regular season. I mean, with my betting model, I track the per 100 possession numbers. And per my numbers, which are different than any other, because I use different formulas to come up with this, but Jokic is one, Giannis is two, Curry three, and Embiid four, LeBron five, Jimmy Butler six, Rudy Gobert seven. Rudy Gobert seven at four, seven, one for one of the possessions. The front of Chris Paul, front of Daniel Lillard, front of James Harden. Oh, Tom, hey, we're breaking up pretty bad. I think we're going to have to cut this one off. We're up against it as well. Tom, appreciate it. It's always one Tom Burnup on Twitter. We'll be back here on The Edge. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Edge. A reminder for all of you that our big game special is live. You can save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season. You're going to get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, picks for every game, sport on the schedule, including exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every game. All of this and much, much more for only $39 at vsin.com slash subscribe. All right, we get back to the National Football League. There's a lot going on in the NFL for those who have been under a rock. Carson Wentz test positive for COVID in protocol, but. New CDC guidelines and an agreement from the NFL and NFLPA uh, could allow him to be available this Sunday. Let's sit through all of the noise and much more with Ben Brown uh, of Pro Football Focus. Ben, appreciate the time, man. So uh, uh, first off, you know, I made the joke up on Twitter. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz, I, I'm a big Colts fan, so I don't know if you know this. I'll put this out there. And I've gotten a lot of pushback because I made this the declarative statement over the weekend, Colts, best team in the AFC. And I got a lot of, well, Carson Wentz sucks. Well, for a guy who sucks, at one point he was worth six points to the spread when we thought he wasn't going to play. So I'll just ask you this. No Carson Wentz. What does this team look like with Sam Ellinger pulling the trigger? Because I would assume this looks a little bit more gimmicky uh, for Frank yeah. Reich and the Colts. It's going to look a lot more gimmicky. I do think, obviously, their RPO situation is going to need to be really heavy on that R, not necessarily so much on the P and the O. Uh, but we'll see. It's uh, it's it's. It's not great based on what we saw even yesterday with, you know, Ian Book at quarterback, uh, rookie quarterback situation. I think we might see kind of a similar unfortunate offense with Sam Ellinger in that Colts position. Uh, and it's it's difficult because they have really, really banged up offense line. Of course, Eric Fisher's out, Quentin Nelson out, Ryan Kelly. All these guys along their interior uh, aren't necessarily generating some of that push in the run blocking situation that we saw earlier on in the season. So uh, if no Carson Wentz is able to play here on Sunday, it is uh, maybe sort of catastrophic uh, for the Colts. Thankfully, it seems like they are basically all but locked into uh, their AFC playoff race. They should be in uh, even if they lose against Las Vegas here on Sunday. All they have to do is really beat uh, Jacksonville in week 18. Uh, but I do think, you know, building up uh, their ability to actually do well in the playoffs is going to be much needed here with Carson Wentz for playing against Las Vegas, and it's just concerning that he's not actually going to be able to do that. Yeah, odds, uh, depending on what model you look at, 93 to 94% for the Colts to make the postseason. So, What do you think in terms of, of a difference between Ellinger and Wentz? Raiders deserve to be favored. We saw one and a half flash earlier today. What do you think is a fair number if it's indeed not Wentz out there? Yeah, I do think I do think you know minus two point five for Indianapolis is probably where we're going to end up crossing both three and seven from where we actually opened up at. I do think is uh, pretty significant on the probability perspective, so that's where I would see it uh, happening. But uh, from from my betting money, there's no way that I'm backing uh, the Colts 
uh, with Sam Ellinger at quarterback, just given the fact, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of these situations play out where we're trying to model some of these cluster injuries and situations with guys basically coming off the street uh, and having to provide some replacement level value. And I do think it's a lot less uh, replacement level value than what we've seen in previous years. So uh, modeling it out, I do think we're going to see betting models be on the Colts at minus two and a half. And it's just not a spot that I'm going to get involved with for my money. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about quarterbacks because uh, what flies under the radar after the madness that was this morning is that Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with a hand injury and that uh, his status for this weekend is in flux as well. So what do you make of this and the potential absence? And on the flip side, you know, because I went through some of the numbers on the surface, Davis Mills has been better, but by your guys' grading standpoint, he's actually graded relatively poorly over these last few games, despite a five touchdown to one interception ratio, turnover where the play rate's pretty much identical. So what do you make of this matchup? Because I've played against San Francisco a couple of times these last few weeks. Falcons couldn't deliver in the red zone. Titans get it done. I think San Francisco is a little overvalued by the market. Now we get this situation with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have seen the market basically move down from 14 and a half, 13 and a half, now down to 12 and a half with Trey Lance at quarterback. I do think that uh, is baking in probably just a little bit too much of an expectation for Trey Lance performing really well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, to start the season, he, uh, you know, was not there whatsoever. They finally took away some of those gimmick uh, red zone type packages for him. Hopefully, uh, you know, we've heard rumors that he's had, you know, some of the best stretches of practice over the past couple of months. So maybe he has kind of turned it on, but he was always going to be uh, a little bit of a project at the NFL quarterback position when they were drafted. Uh, he's obviously gotten a little bit of that time, but uh, I'm concerned. And, you know, the Texans, they're continuing to play hard. They're probably like this lesser known version of the Detroit Lions right now where they've been, you know, covered a decent amount of times, seven and eight against the spread. Uh, but they continue to play hard. And I do agree with you. Davis Mills hasn't necessarily been uh, great from a PFF grading perspective. But if you look at some of the more traditional stats, you look at what he's actually been able to do, even with, you know, Brandon Cooks, his top weapon, not in the matchup uh, on Sunday in week 16. He's actually played pretty well and made a lot of these. NFL type throws so uh, I think 12 and a half I, 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 I think the Texans might be the spot to actually play uh, in this particular matchup yeah I grabbed 12 and a half earlier this morning you see if you're watching the broadcast last four games for Davis Mills as we talked about the traditional stats uh, look pretty good for Davis Mills yep. but the PFF grade over those last four games uh, hovering right around 50 which uh, not very great not great uh, by that metric all right so let's go to a couple more of these so I'm a big fan you know market highs and lows right so you know it's funny the betting market I always call it fickle if a team that the betting market likes they get burned by him a couple of times they will turn on them. They will turn on them relatively quickly. The best example is a Cardinals team that is now 0-3 straight up and against the spread in their last three games going to Dallas. This look-ahead line was 2.5. Now we're talking about 5.5 in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. Well, 5 is kind of a dead number. Crossing through 3 pretty easily is not something to sneeze at here. You think we've swung too far in the other direction? Is the market now too low on Arizona? Yeah, definitely. I do think it's probably too low on Arizona. Also, maybe just a little bit too high on Dallas. Obviously, the Sunday night showcase game uh, against Washington, complete drubbing. I don't really buy into Washington being all that good of a team. So I think in both sides, you're probably uh, able to sell Dallas Cowboys near their top. Also able to buy uh, Arizona at the low. So I like five and a half as well. I do think, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins injury may be just a little bit overstated right now. I do think they have, you know, some guys uh, that are capable of at least getting a little bit of separation at Antoine Wisley. Uh, maybe A.J. Green or the shell of A.J. Green is able to create a little bit of separation. They need a couple big plays, of course, and they do have Chase Edmonds back as well. So I like Arizona five and a half. I do think I definitely agree with you, uh, you know, buying low on Arizona. Also, conversely, selling high on Dallas is a thing that I'm definitely interested in doing here uh, in week 17. All right, let's talk about the game and the team that we just watched on Monday night then, Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Three and a half point underdog on the road against Tennessee, total of 41. So I've been pretty, like, staunch and like, look, man, like, don't let the Dolphins 
Dolphins fool you. Like the schedule has been right. pretty easy. Uh, any metric you want to look at from an offensive standpoint, it's been very underwhelming watching the Dolphins play. And I've been looking for an opportunity to play against them. I took nine and a half against the Jets. They didn't get there and they didn't cover that number. Uh, and now I think here against the Tennessee Titans, there is a potential if A.J. Brown and this team's going to be healthy because they did have COVID issues pop up earlier this week, that this might be one where the Dolphins kind of run into a brick wall and this offense doesn't do much. But what do you say about Miami, what we have seen? And am I kind of, am I going down the right path here with thinking the Dolphins might be a little overvalued because this offense has not been as dynamic? Yeah, it hasn't been all that dynamic. Obviously, Tua can make some of the throws, is still kind of, you know, struggling in some of his processing and decision-making that we've seen so far here in 2021, not necessarily progressing through his reads as quickly as we'd like to see taking on, uh, you know, a decent amount of sacks. And I agree with you 100%. They haven't beaten anybody in the seven-game stretch, uh, at least at the quarterback position, had, uh, you know, an an extraordinary amount of luck in who they faced off against. So uh, they're definitely a team that I think is overvalued a little bit. I don't show a ton of, uh, you know, edge or value on the Titans either, unfortunately, because I do think the Titans yeah. uh, are a team that I still kind of want to see. You know, obviously they got A.J. Brown heavily involved in the second half of their matchup against San Francisco, but uh, they're still a team that I think uh, for some reason continues to want to pound the rock, even without Derrick Henry at the running back position. So uh, I'd like to see it here, but I think this is probably just a stay away game for me, especially given, you know, some of the COVID Rumors that we have here popping up. Yeah, I got to establish a run. Always got to establish a run. Establish, right. <laughs> it's funny how that doesn't really lead to overall success sometimes. Right, All right going right. through a couple of more games here. Uh, one of the more fascinating ones, Kansas City at Cincinnati. So, again, talking about the market's relationship with teams. Well, you know, if you win as many games in a row as Kansas City does and you cover six straight, well, the market's going to fall back in love with you. And here we are against Cincinnati. Uh, five now, five and a half in some spots uh, on the road against the Bengals. So we know that home field is not worth that much. And, and the one thing I think that we have seen over this season is that the Bengals, if you're going to get them, it would be the ability to rush without blitzing because Burrow's great against the blitz. Right. But if he's under pressure, uh, then it's not great, especially if you're dropping everybody back. Can the Chiefs do that with this improved defense? Because they really haven't taken on the best offenses in the world. The two best would be the Cowboys and, of course, the Chargers. Yeah, definitely. So we have, you know, we have the Chiefs as a top 10 defensive unit now uh, in 2021 based on our opponent's just grades. So they have performed way better uh, than what I would have put them at in the 2021 season. So uh, from that perspective, I think that they can be successful getting some pressure on Joe Burrow. And that has been his one downfall, right? He can make all the throws in the football field from a clean pocket under pressure, takes a really high, high percentage of sacks. I think he has basically the most sacks taken in the NFL so far in 2021 drive killing plays so if he's not hitting you know one or two of those deep shots to t higgins to jamar chase i think this could be a long day for that cincinnati Bengals offense i just don't trust uh zach taylor to really allow you know joe burrow to to cook as much as he you know even should i think they were at like a 19 percent pass rate over expectation last sunday is that going to carry forward i would like to see it one more week here uh, before really buying into zach taylor and his play calling capabilities yep you can follow him on twitter pff underscore ben brown uh ben it's good to talk to me we're up against but i appreciate the time today yep yep thank you very much have a great show yep, you got it. thank you again ben brown over at pro football focus uh definitely uh, i think worth the the statistical database worth looking into it's one of the tools that i've had uh, at my side this football season it's worked tremendously yeah as we're looking across the board too by the way so we talked about a couple of those games if you are looking at that kansas city game and if you like kansas city uh, there are some four and a halfs on the screen right now so it, it's a wide range of numbers if you like cincinnati you should be able to grab five and a half if you like kansas city you should be able to lay four and a half uh, but again as we know in the world of co 
COVID, maybe you don't want to dive in this early uh, when it comes to the National Football League. But who knows? These new guidelines could be interesting. And again, those 12 and a half out there for Houston and San Francisco. Uh, we'll have more on that on the other side because we got best bets when we come back. So we'll recap the night that was uh, nothing in the football league, but we did have one play in the NBA that got there. Um, and we'll talk about what we're going to add to the card and a little bit more here in the NFL as news continues to come down when it comes to this upcoming week of games in week 17. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of The Edge brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com slash find to locate a store to you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. Uh, really quickly, before we get to best bets, just want to give away uh, some more news of the day for those who don't know. But the, the Holiday Bowl later today has been canceled. So that's a blow to the Zia, to the Edge family, I guess we could say. Uh, Matt Humans is not here because he is off on holiday. And one of the hits on his holiday was going to be going to the Holiday Bowl. So uh, kind of sucks. We're not going to see that played later tonight. But that is uh, of the news still as of this point. Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia, Minnesota set to kick off later today. And we are in the second quarter between Air Force and Louisville. Just to update that very quickly, 21-14. to 14, Air Force up on top and uh, right now with a goal-to-go possession for the Falcons, who, uh, who were a hot commodity, right? Big play. A lot of the people that we talked to, humans himself, a lot of people thought there was some value there in Air Force about a uh, one-point underdog throughout the, the bowl weeks leading up. And sure enough, go-off is about uh, a pick, depending on where you shop. And that's going to be, it looks like, potentially a touchdown. Nope, it'll be down at the one-yard line. So, second to goal for Air Force. With that, best bets uh, to recap. I just wanted to recap from yesterday. Nets and Clippers. Nets, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Laid it there. Uh, ultimately get the win over the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, it was. So, the, the Nets opened up, actually, uh, I think they got up to as much as 21 points, if I remember correctly. Uh, but... A late little run for the Clippers with about four minutes left to go. Cut it to a 10-point game, but then James Harden from the corner hits a three-point shot and gets fouled. Hits that to get it a four-point play, and ultimately, Nets don't look back from there. 
win that game comfortably and cover as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, nothing to add in the NBA uh, today. For me, one, it just felt like there was too much noise around a lot of these, a lot of these games, man. Uh, so nothing to add from the NBA. Uh, but, of course, we'll be adding tomorrow, for those who are wondering, because, uh, by the way, thank you very much. Again, a lot of uh, inquiries about the NBA market reports. Those will be back tomorrow. Uh, Hard to fit into the workflow, hosting a solo show, getting ready for these things. But those will be back tomorrow as Wes Reynolds joins us and takes a little off the plate there. Uh, with that, let's go to the National Football League best bets. One added, and of course, one we put up yesterday. Bengals plus five against the Chiefs. That's still there. That's how bets work. You can't put them back. And Texans plus the 13 against the 49ers. Uh, this is a, a um, look, it's a play on multiple things. One, the news that Jimmy Garoppolo might not be available for the San Francisco 49ers. And even if he was, Texans are probably going to be on the card. Uh, we talked about it with Ben Brown, if you missed it, vcin.com slash podcast. Davis Mills has been playing a little bit better here for the Houston Texans, and the Texans have just been a somewhat undervalued team. And I think the 49ers have been undervalued, right? Uh, this is now a uh, third consecutive week in which I have taken a shot against the 49ers. Had the Falcons plus the points against them. Falcons get four trips inside the eight-yard line, only come away with three points. Kind of felt jaded there. Felt like they probably should have stayed within the number, but they don't. Tennessee Titans catch points against San Francisco. They actually went out right as a home underdog, and I will again take some points here with the 49ers. Not that the 49ers are a bad team. I just think sometimes the market is grasping at the straws of this team still being the 49ers team that made it to the Super Bowl and power rate them as such, when in reality it's a flawed team uh, on defense and on offense. Jimmy G, while he's having a fine season, still a flawed quarterback, and even if he does play, it doesn't sound like he will be 100%. And who knows? Trey Lance uh, has been a wild card whenever he's out there, a quarterback. With that, let's uh, stick with the National Football League because we do have some news in the NFL that is worth getting to and updating. Uh, and this is uh, courtesy of many reports out of Tampa Bay Looks like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the midst of a COVID outbreak. So we get the news earlier today that Bruce Arians is not going to be available for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He tested positive for COVID, isolating at home. Uh, so we'll see uh, how that plays out in terms of him being available. Harold Goodwin taking over as active coach. But it's not just Bruce Arians. We know that at Mike Evans had to deal with COVID earlier this week, see if he's going to be available later. They also today, about 43 minutes ago, placed Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting on the reserve COVID-19 list. So this is now a Buccaneers team, as we know, from a skill position standpoint, had already been pretty beat up with injuries to Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin. Now you get Mike Evans off of the floor or off the field potentially uh, with COVID. Two members of that secondary that are dealing with it right now and their head coach. So we'll see if the market is really going to react in any way whatsoever here. But I would assume Tom Brady's still playing. And the power rating is so low on the New York Jets. You're not going to get much lower than 12 and a half, which is the lowest number on the screen right now, at least according to I'll refresh this, just in case technology is fickle sometimes. Yeah, 12 and a half, the lowest number on the screen right now. That would be at circa 13 and a half and 13 still out there too. So I would not expect much difference between 13 and a half and 12 and a half here, but it is worth noting that we have another COVID outbreak. And the thing is too, as we've kind of seen here, it's never just one or two guys. You know, we continue to see as these COVID outbreaks happen, that you know, leads to one or two or three or four or ten guys getting added to the COVID list because these guys, of course, all spend time together in close quarters. So it um, looks like COVID outbreak for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And worth reiterating one more time for those who weren't with us at the beginning of the program, if indeed the National Football League and the NFLPA adopt the new CDC guidelines, remember, five days for vaccinated and unvaccinated players would be the, uh, the uh, protocol, right, when it comes to isolation. So these guys still could be available when it comes to Sunday. But again, that is if 
the CDC, or excuse me, the NFL approves the CDC guidelines. Again, yeah, we can put the report up one more time. NFL and NFLPA, this is from Adam Schefter, getting close to adopting the new CDC guidelines that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all players. Key line being right there after that comma, including those who are unvaccinated. Agreement could be done today per sources. So keep that in mind as you move forward and keep your eye on the newswire as Adam Schefter could come down with that news at any moment if the NFL and NFLPA uh, agree to that news. All right, with that, you know, a lot to get to in the world of the National Football League in terms of news today. All right, we talked about Carson Wentz, and I will say this, kind of going back to our theme from the show yesterday, right, when we were talking about the Miami Dolphins and buying on bad news, and we had all those examples of buying on bad news because the market overreacts. I would agree when we were talking about this with Ben Brown earlier, Sam Ellinger, quarterback, is not going to get it done for me, right, with the Indianapolis Colts. We saw how Ian Book, look, uh, Ian Book looked last night with this offense for the New Orleans Saints. I would think it's going to be similar there to an extent, though. If the Raiders, for some reason, if Carson Wentz cannot play, go off as like a one-and-a-half, two-point two favorite, if the market reacts that strongly, then I think I'd find myself uh, with a ticket, as terrible as it might be, on the Indianapolis Colts, given that. But it's a fascinating situation also as we get down to the nitty-gritty part of these contests, too. And keep in mind, these contest numbers are going to be coming out on Wednesday. So what uh, Circa, Superbook, all these contests decide to put up there for a contest number on a game like this uh, is going to be pretty fascinating to see if we're going to get an indication whether or not it's going to be Wentz, whether or not these new protocols have been agreed to, uh, what happens as you move forward in some of those situations. And if you get six and a half, if you get one and a half, whatever it's going to be. But as you move forward here, this is the story of the week, I think, right now for the Indianapolis Colts, who, again, can lock up a playoff spot with a win against the Las Vegas Raiders. All right. Wanted to get to one more note here in the National Football League, too. Uh, wanted to open the show with this, but there was a lot of news. Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. So we got a report from the Ravens uh, website today. Uh, we will see if on Wednesday, one Lamar Jackson is going to be available to practice. Uh, this is from John Harbaugh himself. It says, quote, we'll see if Lamar Jackson practices on Wednesday. He's got an ankle issue, right? We know that Tyler Huntley was on the COVID list. Uh, but right now, Rams three and a half. Total of 46 and a half, uh, one spot flashing four. But I'll be pretty fascinated to see what the market does with the news that Lamar Jackson returns to practice if he does indeed return to practice, right? Because a lot of the times these numbers factor in, actually a lot of the times they do, these numbers factor in the situations that are at hand. So case of point, this Rams number, I think if you talk to odds makers, would tell you that, you know what, this is set with the thought that Lamar Jackson is going to be available this coming weekend for the Baltimore Ravens. But that doesn't mean the market's not going to react to official news that Lamar Jackson could be available for the Baltimore Ravens. So if he does indeed play this coming weekend, you could foresee a scenario, I think, in which the Ravens go off as potentially one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I don't think there's going to be a flip there of favorites. One, as we know, home field is not worth anything in the National Football League this point in the season. So the Rams are power-rated as a better team. They should be the better team here, and even on the road, should be favored. But this one going off as like one and a half, I think, would probably be where you get to if Lamar Jackson is going to play. And honestly, just given the way Lamar Jackson has played this season, especially when you're talking about going from the Colts game, in which you looked absolutely fantastic as a passer, but after that game to this point right now of the season, he's not been as effective as he has been the two previous years. I don't know if there's really worth that he's worth as much as he used to be 
to the point spread. So maybe two points is giving it a little bit too much. Maybe there's not that much of an adjustment given one, the way that he has played and two, the way that this Ravens team has been constructed from a roster standpoint, the way they've been beat up. But I think this Rams and Ravens game is pretty fascinating because if Lamar Jackson does play, you can expect an adjustment, but how much that adjustment is going to be is going to be pretty interesting to watch as it moves forward. All right, with that, uh, we are all done. We're going to have a lot more left tomorrow on this board in terms of the NFL as we get into Week 17 and the second to last week. And a lot of playoff seeds have yet to be determined. And a lot of these games meaning a lot. Wes Reynolds is going to be with us tomorrow, of course, as we dive into all that more. We'll get a big bowl preview, too, as you move forward later in the week. I think Tim Borey is going to be with us at some point later this week, get his thoughts on what's going to happen. Because out of all of this that's happening... So the college football playoff later this week, right on Friday. Actually, one of the CFP games is going to be on while we're on the air on Friday. So that'll be a lot of fun keeping track of that. With that uh, said, vcin.com slash subscribe. Check out the midst of the uh, big game special, as well as everything we else have, we have to offer, including vcin.com slash JVT. This is Red return tomorrow. My guys in the desert coming up next. We'll see it. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.